I think we should start with the kids' m- moose song. It's called Moose on the Loose. Okay. Because it's only two and a half minutes long. Okay. And then that'll actually take us right into uh, the latest Marty Moose article. Okay. And then there was an in-depth... I need to show you this. I like that we're discussing this because I do kind of want to split this one up into like three episodes like we were kind of talking about for a while there. It'd be kind of fun to like um, crack them off. Okay, now I have a tray. Okay. Ooh. I like when you share a screen to me. This is my desktop background right now. Okay, so this is the Kids Moose song, which is I found uh, an adult band doing a cover of it. So I found Ozo Motley doing, I guess this is a, uh, they wrote a Moose song for their kids album. Kind of like how Devo Kids had an album. It's very similar. Well, like if you, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're inspired by, I don't want to spoil for anyone. Please continue, Kathy. (laughs) Your favorite musician inspire you with something. Uh, Moose Mania inspires a story for all ages. Mm. See. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, and it is related to Marty Moose. Yes, I love it. Where they read Footloose Marty Moose. Yeah, do I have a story to go along with that? Hold on, I might actually have... Like... Yes, apparently they do. Let me see if I have a... Um, I think I have something that might go with that, like, from local news. Um, no, that's about skeletal remains. Hold on. Yeah, no, that's pretty good, Paul McCartney. That was that was working out pretty good. I mean, I was listening to it to see how bad it was. Oh, here I have. This is a fun, hard story that will go along with that because it'll be about children's. Um, no, let me share sound. And then we can probably uh, after we do some moose. Uh, I, we can have a whole moose episode, mm-hmm. I guess, or a little chunk, because then we can end with a little bit of the Paul McCartney, because it is pretty rockin', actually. Okay, great. Then we can talk about the Santa Fe Martin Martin Moose. Martin, what's his middle name? We have to decide. <laughs> Martino Moose. Mar- it's just O. His middle name is just O. <laughs> Marty O. Moose. That used to- I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like that, too. Marty O. Moose. I like that. Yeah. Now he's Irish, for some reason. <laughs> it's just how you ever you want to play it. Martin O. Moose, you know. <laughs> Love to moose. How, we how con- come they're not called meese in plural? Yeah, have we considered that? Oh, no, I guess they know if it's like a male because of the antlers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he couldn't be Martina Moose. I mean, they, I mean, who knows? Who knows? I, I don't yeah. actually know how moose antlers work. Because yeah. I know that deer antler, lady deers have antlers too. They do, yeah. And I, I, so yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I'm gonna admit, I don't know anything about how a four-legged creature in the forest really lives their life. You know what? This is a very great opportunity for us to explore the moose wiki. Oh yeah, it's, it's a perfect opportunity. Perhaps yes. there are many moose facts this that is we an may never. Entirely moose-themed episode. I love it. Like, okay. I have so many good stories about, like, local politics and stuff that I want to now, li- like, keep into another episode because I just want to talk about moose the whole time. It is, like, moose season. It's like... If you're going to see one, they're out there. 
Now's the time. <laughs> your last chance. So apparently a teacher at Santa Fe Public Schools uh -huh. has written a story called Footloose Marty Moose. And it wasn't Tyler. Unfortunately. Yes. Um, yes, I love it. And she created a little video oh of Footloose Marty Boos. Oh. It's a, so check this. this out. Her story clocks in at two minutes. Yeah. Meanwhile, Paul McCartney. <laughs> the songwriter of our, our world. <laughs> keep, can't keep it concise at all. Can't. Seven, eight parts, in fact. Can't keep it to one, it's two. Yeah, no, and now they're going to do the Moose AI version of the Moose song. Like, <laughs> That's actually really the issue. Is I, I've, been, I've been playing a lot with AI, and I've been feeling like it's diluting a lot of the other things I experience in my life. Like, very quickly, not even, like, um, just, like, oh, the, the, the novel nature of, like, writing and stuff. I think that, you know... Well, no, we should wait until we're actually like. We'll in, save, in a show. It, save it, save it, because I have a lot of it's, AI and I've been questions. thinking about because it's been in the news too a yeah. lot. So yeah, and we're going to talk about Sam Altman a little bit, I think, just because <sighs> it's so strange. It's so strange. Okay. Well, let me get some more water, and then we'll get started. Okay, sounds good. I have all the water I need. Yes, I am. That's okay. <laughs> I think I wore one to your wedding, so. <laughs> I'm wearing uh, sweatpants. And I almost took a swim right before, so I could have been wearing, like, swimming shorts when I came on here, but <clears throat> I decided not to take a swim. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, oh, your screen's sharing, and then it is... Mm. Okay, and the thing is... Recording, okay. Everything should be good to go for us to start an episode of the podcast. Okay, here we go. In a green forest, camping, fishing, hiking, swimming, rapping, cooking, biking. It's a beautiful day in the woods. Birds are chirping, the weather is good. The sun is out, not a cloud in the ether. The only thing wrong is a couple mosquitoes. But as day turns to night, something in the air just isn't right. Off in the distance, you hear rustling, shuffling, puffing and puffing. It kind of sounds like a foghorn. It's getting closer. Time to jog.
be very quiet. There's a moose on the loose. Woo! That was close. Oh, yeah. Two more seconds and we'd be toast. That moose was ten feet high with antlers the size of the river now. Something's wrong. I thought that moose was long gone, but I hear four hoofs coming like a caboose. Kathy, did you know there's a moose on the loose? It is not a caboose. It is a it's moose a on moose the loose. On the loose. Hello, Kathy. Why, good morning, Brian. <laughs> I have some exciting moose news. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's episode four of season seven of, of the Reality Issues podcast. Yes, and now we can start it, now that I've said that. <laughs> Yeah, now you've said the words. Yeah, no, now it's official. You yeah. know, it's uh, We're not well, as always, chatting. you know yes. that over here in Santa Fe, we are very excited about our moose celebrity. How couldn't you be? Yeah, I'd be going crazy. I'd be so, like a fat sucker. We are going to be chatting about some moose updates today. So first of all, uh, the song that we just heard was called Moose on the Loose by a band from Los Angeles called Ozo Motley. Uh-huh. Uh Apparently, they have come out with a kid's album or a couple of kid's songs, including this kid's book with this kid's song. So isn't that very adorable? I think so. Um, and here we are, just in love with Marty Moose. So there is some Moose news. So moose a news. lot has... The, yeah, the Moose has really captivated our city's imagination. Uh, since oh. Moose are so rare this far south... Um, so it turns out that a teacher at the Santa Fe Public Schools has written a book called Footloose Marty Moose. And such a great title. She is going around to all of the schools or a bunch of schools in the city of Santa Fe and sharing this very delightful tale of Marty Moose with all of the wonderful children of the city of Santa Fe. So here is this delightful story from earlier this week in the Santa Fe, New Mexican. Okay. Full of all of these adorable photos of children pretending to be moose. Yes. A I'm... photo of Marty himself. <laughs> a photo of the teacher holding up her cardboard puppet <coughs> of footloose Marty Moose. Yes, Martin Moose. And then all of her little puppet cardboard cutouts here with all of these kiddos. Oh God, so again, just this. about as adorable as it can get, I right? I absolutely love this. Yes, please go, everyone at home, and, and check out these photos. They're absolutely adorable. No one knows the current whereabouts of Marty Moose. The beloved moose, named by online fans, seems to prefer the Santa Fe area to more moose-friendly habitats north of here. Although wildlife officials relocated Marty from downtown Santa Fe to an area near the Colorado border in September, 
a bull moose appeared near Abiquiu Lake just a few weeks later. Last anyone heard, Marty was spotted south of Española in late October and early November, traveling along the Rio Grande. New Mexico Game and Fish Department spokesman Darren Vaughn wrote in an email to the New Mexican on Thursday. Oh, thank you so much for that. Yeah, informing Communicate, the public. Darren Vaughn. Yeah, I like this. Informing the public about stuff that's just fun to hear about. But now, even Game and Fish officials have no information on precisely where he is, Vaughn said. I'll bet they're saying that for his own safety. I'll bet you he's like in a Saddam-like bunker. <laughs> he's in the spider hole. <laughs> But Marty did make an appearance in Santa Fe last week, or at least a construction paper version of him did. Yes. A herd of four-year-olds screamed into nigh early childhood center's school library Tuesday morning, settling onto Cushion's first story time. The day's reading material... But Loose Marty Moose, a tale of the titular massive mammals misadventures in New Mexico, written and illustrated by Benina Sanchez, a Santa Fe Public Schools diagnostician and one of many local followers of Marty Moose. Hmm. The story, which has amassed over a thousand views on Sanchez's YouTube channel, which, of course, we will be watching here momentarily, and uh, has delighted Marty Moose fans from states away and offers a uniquely New Mexican perspective on the plight of its main character. Making use of construction paper lowriders, hot air balloons, and ristras, Footloose Marty Moose posits that Marty returned to the land of enchantment after a brief relocation in Colorado to enjoy New Mexico's superior chili. Yes, 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 yes. For Sanchez, Marty Moose appeared as a source of inspiration. Having a spectacular beast like the bull moose make occasional appearances throughout northern New Mexico is a novelty, she said. Of course, I think we were all charmed that they tried to take him back, but he came back to us, Sanchez says. The moose's story was so endearing, it spurred her to return to an old practice, writing children's stories and creating props to go with them. Cool. Although she's currently a diagnostician, a professional who tests and determines students' eligibility for special education services at several Santa Fe public schools, she used to be a speech-language pathologist assessing speech, language, and communication issues in kids. Fascinating. During that work, Sanchez said, I noticed that although some children's language wasn't developed yet, they still appear to understand. Whoa. I wanted to check for understanding, so I started writing my own stories with props. Well, hold on. There's like a whole other interview with this lady about what her job is about and like how she's taking it to like a whole nother level here. That's the story. I mean, this is the story too. It's cute, but like that's a that's that lady's life is interesting. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. But loose Marty Moose does just that. It includes a collection of construction paper props from a flamenco skirt and castanets to a pair of skis to allow students to show their listening and to understand the story. For instance, after she told the story to four-year-old students at Nye, Sanchez asked, Hmm. what did Marty Moose like to eat? In Hmm. response, one child shouted out hot chilies (laughs) while others gestured towards the paper taco and burrito props that Sanchez used in the story. Yeah. And both actions demonstrated that they understood the story. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh. 
The same process can be used to help kids identify characters, recount a sequence of events, and learn new vocabulary, among other reading comprehension skills. It's not unusual for Sanchez to pick up tasks beyond her job description, said Nye Early Childhood Center Principal Brittany Behana Griffith. A true team player, she said. Sanchez has been instrumental both in modeling ways teachers can use the new school's new library, which opened at the start of the school year in August, and setting expectations for students' behavior in the space. Footloose Marty Moose, with its depictions of local cuisine, activities, and characters, also purposefully portrays New Mexican culture, down to Aggies and Lobo gear, which are the mascots of our two main universities here in the state. That's right. That's exactly what I wanted, to make him New Mexican and touch on many things that make us New Mexico. As a result, kids can see aspects of their community represented in the story. All of our teachers are constantly trying to make sure that we're meeting not just New Mexican culture and embedding that in classrooms, the home languages and the home cultures of the students. This is a great example of something that's relevant today. As she finished reading Footloose Marty Moose on Tuesday morning, (laughs) at last revealing the New Mexico chili had lured Marty back to the state, Sanchez asked her students, did you like the story? They responded with a chorus of, yeah. (laughs) Some even thanked Marty Moose (laughs) for inspiring the tale. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love this. This is like the perfect local news story. Um, And so now. Wow. Hello, it's Benina. And today I will be reading Footloose, Marty Moose. There's a moose on the loose and he's footloose and free. We don't have moose, so how can this be? He's lost and bewildered. There's no food where he roamed. The drought and the fires have left him unhomed. We'll hunt him and stuff him. We can't let this be. Post him and chat him. Make him famous, you'll see. This way the hunters will just leave him be. So Marty Moose can roam wild and free. I'm about to cry. I did here and then there. He's quick on his feet. Give him ruffles and castanets. This will be sweet. Make a special shape. Fly him in the air. The hunters won't dare. Up high. No, down low. Let him lean with He's a flare. He's in a low rider standing next to a cholo. Famous, not famous. He needs a quiet place to be free. Leave him alone. Just let him be. Pueblos, Toby, he'll be comfy, you'll see. Ski hills and hikers, this cannot be. Enchiladas, tacos, and burritos to spare. Sorry, this is not a moose's fare. He'll be an Aggie, no lobo. Bang, bang, woof, woof, woof. Ya basta, that's enough. This is no place for his hoof. When oh bye, we won't cry. In New Mexico, he won't roam. We must take him back to his Colorado home. Wait, what? Is that him? He came back, can't you see? New Mexico is the place that he wants to be. Marty Moose, why'd you do it? Why Colorado did you flee? The truth, amigo mio, is easy to see. I came back to New Mexico. For better chili. The end. Bueno, bye. 
Merry okay. Christmas, my Truly friends. Welcome. Martin came back to get a Ristra. <laughs> oh, Marty. Oh, Marty. <clears throat> I, um... Oh, God, I'm obsessed with this moose now. Now that I know that oh. he's like a piece of culture himself, like it's on its own, you know? <laughs> oh, again, this has inspired so many people here in town. So uh, we have this other columnist here in town. <laughs> I'm just reading the headline silently and thinking, well, I can't wait to see where this goes. <laughs> yes, please. Um, This local op-ed editor he has this column mm -hmm. uh think of like uh you know andy rooney in 60 minutes this oh. is our andy rooney in 60 <laughs> minutes so he's got the same kind of like grumpy curmudgeon but then he's also like isn't it sweet that the children donated <laughs> clothes to the homeless right like you'll be like really sweet and wholesome and then why is the world going to hell in a handbasket yeah. you know like that kind of a deal <laughs> this is this guy totally this guy okay so um as you can see he resembles a newspaperman from the 1920s he's wearing a big silly hat <laughs> he looks like a like a 1920s gangster so uh he, he's wild i, I he's love it i'm in love character. this is amazing but he too in all his serious newsman career has also been captivated by marty moose so here oh. again earlier this week has i feel taken, like i'm gonna become friends with this man at some point in my life i hope i hope so brian okay. i hope i hope when you <laughs> Come to Santa Fe oh, yeah. and return, uh -huh. much like Marty Moose, uh -huh. for the superior chili that it's you true. do befriend him. Because I... I really want to get to know this guy, <laughs> and I feel no like I need like a ringer because this guy would not pay attention to me. He'll be like, "Oh, I, she's a commie." Okay, so <laughs> I am. It's true. That's why I keep all my language very specific so that nobody knows what I'm up to. Okay, nobody so listened Milan, to that. Milan Simonich. Santa Fe's Andy Rooney has written this article about the man behind the moose. Oh, Not yes. many city dwellers in pinstripe suits and wingtip shoes concerned themselves with a scarcity of imposing wildlife. Tom Farley was an exception. One of Colorado's late oh great political animals, Farley started the movement that brought Moose to his state and other parts of the West. He would be happy about the public's fascination over a majestic 900-pound bull moose that wandered all the way to downtown Santa Fe. The moose was captured and relocated to wilderness near the Colorado border, and he has since been sighted again in the Santa Fe region. Biologist with the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish. Look, he doesn't even name the game Game and Fish guy. The other article at least did. Thank he was you, like, Mr. thank you for Vaughn. sending us an email, basically. And this guy's like, yeah, I'm a yeah, newsman. Fuck, fuck this you. guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's just some source. They believe that the moose migrated from Colorado to New Mexico. Farley figures prominently in the backstory of a moose on the move. Okay. It began that might be after a night deep disappointment. Farley's defeat in Colorado's 1974 Democratic primary for governor. Oh, interesting. Guy with cool name, Dick Lamb, vested <laughs> Farley in the election. <coughs> He'll get reelected. The signs look so nice. But those were different, more tolerant times when folks would elect a guy named Dick Lamb. Or like Ed Balls. 
John Q. Beveridge of the Santa Clarita Water Department or whatever. Is that, I don't remember what that was. Beveridge. That's got to be real. <laughs> yeah, Beveridge. <laughs> like, look at me. Just, we, are, we have so much microplastic in our brain. Uh, oh, okay, you're right, yes. Kathy said the word beverage, and I hadn't heard it in a while, and it made me laugh. So, yes, I agree. I am high, but still, yes, I agree. <laughs> Uh, Dick Lamb would go on drinking out of water bottles to be a three-term governor, and he appointed Farley to several high state, high-profile state boards and commissions, and one of which was the old Colorado Division of Wildlife. No Moose lived in Colorado in 1978 when Farley took over as chairman of the agency. At most, a transient. Might drift across the Wyoming line. Those moose never stayed. All right. Uh, are they coming over here for our jobs? Is that <laughs> yeah, what you're exactly. implying? Like transients? Like are they are they gonna like sell newspapers? Like what's what is this? Maybe he a, a migrating moose. He couldn't use alliteration. <laughs> is he gonna get a, a part-time well. job at a gas station? Like yeah, I don't... right. <laughs> the moose took our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> South Park yeah. guy <laughs> That may be the only thing I remember from South Park Yes uh, That and the farting Prius owners That's the only two episodes I think I remember Yeah, that's the one with the crab people is that took our jobs one there's crabs they're coming to take jobs wasn't that what it was? There's like I, don't I think it was crabs something like that Anyway has it held up? I have no idea. Probably not, huh? For anyway. South Park, I've never gone back to inspect, honestly. Yeah, never, never had an I could, but oh, maybe it'll happen uh, one day. I'd rather go back and watch basketball. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah, that's actually, yeah. <laughs> Some better. Or the Cannibal Musical. Now that was quality. I haven't okay, seen that. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it was like their first like movie type of thing. Oh, okay. They did a, they did a musical version of a uh it's called cannibal but it's based on the true story of a guy named alfred packer who was a cannibal in colorado oh wow <laughs> okay. okay so we are gonna go into some uh colorado lore here in a mo moment since having now discussed south park they yeah. are in colorado <laughs> that's true i wasn't even uh, really yeah that's funny uh them with the inferior chili I really like this photo that just popped up, even if that's not the guy. Okay. So Farley, this guy in Colorado, is basically, as Milan will go on to explain here, then goes into a very detailed biography of Tom Farley, the moose man, the moose magnet of Colorado, shall wow. we say. So he imported moose from Wyoming yes. and Utah and... Eventually, they started spreading to southern Colorado. Wow. And then to Taos. And okay. now here we are in Santa Fe. So, wow. I guess, I guess it's an invasive species. Well, uh, what happens if, like, the area where the invasive species lives... Where well, it's humans anyway, find it novel that there's an invasive species of a certain type, then what do you call that? 
mean, I don't know. Here it says, so there used to be no moose in like 1970 or whatever. But by 2023, 3,000 moose populated Colorado. Again, according to the unnamed people at the Colorado Division of Parks and Wildlife. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say like the darkest thing ever, but is this a silver lining of climate change that now there's a moose in New Mexico? <laughs> I mean, I, I guess this is, I mean, this is kind of what I continue to think. I don't think that like they're supposed to be down here. No, they're not. Um, and I do think that like for you know, even if they bred a couple of captives, whatever, like it still seems like. Didn't we learn anything by like eradicating the buffalo or like no. the toads in Australia and the rabbits in Australia and then the like the the spotted lanternfly <clears throat> that's eating all of the East Coast right now? That's right. And, like all kinds of shit, right? And so why is anyone still being like, okay, no, but it'll be different with us? Like, yeah, no, it's true. I mean, the same thing with uh, here in in our area. They introduced these. Uh, paper trees, Malaluka trees, to suck up all the water, and then that created its own problem, and the Australian pines were here for, kind of for the same reason, just way back in a farther time. Now they're all considered invasive species, but the real, the realistic story is they brought them here and planted them on purpose to suck all the water up out of the ground. <laughs> a long time ago, when they used to run cattle through here. I am very upset that the Moose Wikipedia page does not so far mention Marty. Yeah, no we we should uh, make it our business, perhaps. But I don't <gasps> no know how mention to mention of New Mexico. Do you have like enough Wikipedia cr credits credibility to like edit one of these pages, or does it? What does it take? Probably to... the moose page. I think if I tried to edit like the Michael Jackson page <laughs> or something, they'd be like, "Get out!" They'd throw you in wiki jail. <laughs> they'd throw me in wiki jail before I even tried. <laughs> is that what is the rating system for like credibility? Is it like an internal? invisible thing to like the user do like moderators of the wiki world get to see like your credibility rating or you know i don't actually know i i know it has like a join date right and it, i think it has like uh so i i actually went went gosh what was it let me think back 2006 okay five maybe I think it was the first time I decided to make an account to edit Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, by then, I think prior to that, you could just go in and it would be like, oh, I want to propose a change. And it would go to like the talk page and then the like the nerds would be like, oh, that's a good edit. Except, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for some of the pages, especially like the stubs, you didn't need to be anybody. You could just be a moron and be like, I'm... Uh, wiki editor 69420 and I'm going to go in and do a thing yeah. and you could, right? And then they started ranking the pages, right? So like by controversy. So I do remember that if there was a um, like a notable death, the page would get locked and it could only be accessed by like pro Wikipedia editors, right? Like which meant that, yeah, there's like some rating system, which is mm. probably based on like how many, how long you've been there and probably how many edits you've made and how many like unedits are attributed to you. Yeah. Right? Like, or yeah. undoings. Or yeah, whatever. it's like um, a, yeah, that definitely, it's like an Uber rating system or something basically, but you know, uh, with words. 
Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think we can still go in and like edit stuff. Okay. And I don't think like. I mean, let's so, try. So, <clears throat> yeah, like, I wonder where you go. I'm looking at your screen here. I wonder where you go to, like... So, I, it looks like I can edit scientific classification. <laughs> oh, wow. See? Yeah. You could take them out of the kingdom of Animalia and call them a plant. <laughs> See? So, this is saying, right? So, like, the, it, here it's showing this oh, it's page protected. is protected. And so, it says, what can I do? Discuss the page. So, I can go oh. over to... Right? Only template and editors and administrators. So that's implying that there's like a tier of person called a template okay. editor. Okay. Okay. So that's pretty fun. Ooh. I wonder if there's a Wikipedia article about all the ranks of Wikipedia editors. There <gasps> I must bet be. You there is. There so has that, to be. Because yeah. they're nerds on Wikipedia. Yeah. And they want to like put the rules in the rules. They want to like spell it all out so that. Mm hmm. You know, I heard this really interesting clip recently for. Um, on another podcast, well, I was listening to the podcast before I heard the clip about like the world of Wikipedia, of the, of the world of the editors, and it was kind of fascinating mm -hmm. about um, how like it almost becomes like a pathology, like for some people to just like edit it and like if they get banned, which they inevitably do, like they'll return or something like that, they'll like gain their way back into the system, but they'll get banned for a while because their like community will be like, You're you you got to take a break. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks like when you go to the Wikipedia front page, homepage as it were, uh there's the like actual Wikipedia, mm -hmm. right? Uh, like, uh, hey, come on and look at the featured article and where's the random button, you know? Yeah. Uh, did you know? And then a bunch of random facts on this day, a bunch of random facts about today, today's featured list, it's got all kinds of crap about something, a featured picture, and then it goes other areas of Wikipedia. So this is where I think we would be, like, the community portal where we actually go do work, right? So it might say, oh, hey, we need somebody to drop oh. all the links to Paul McCartney's like to IMDb soundtracks for James Bond. And it might be like, oh, I can do that. And you go in and figure it out. Oh, that shit. Day. That's interesting. Huh. And then you huh. have apparently the Village Pump Forum of Wikipedia, which is where you discuss Wikipedia itself. The meta, the policies, the technical issues. This is probably where I would, we would probably go in and be like, hey, I was a gold editor once upon a time, but I can't get my login. Can someone help me? Right? It's probably shit like that. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking about their little world and their little ecosystem they have. Mm -hmm. Help desk. Ask questions about using or editing Wikipedia. Yeah, there's someone out so, there. There's someone out there right now having a conversation with someone who's like a small-time editor just getting started, and they're like, "What do I do?" And they're like, "Please follow these beautiful instructions I've written to like design your article about the banana cloning program." <laughs> so here I am. I went to a random page uh, in uh, Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. I just went, literally went to random page, random page, and it took me to some kind of a uh, government. <laughs> Can I try to pronounce this person's from the name? Philippines? Yeah. Uh, Arsenio Balasacan. Sure. 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 Oh, that's uh, a crazy symbol behind him. Look at that symbol. It looks like 
the Stargate program. He is the Honorable Arsenio Balisacan. He is a Filipino economist and academician currently serving uh, on some kind of a board. Looks like something kind of important. Um, yeah. But here, I mean, the reason—the only reason I went—he served under the Duterte, uh, the Duterte administration. Excuse me. Isn't he the guy who like did some real dark, oh, yeah, dark shit? Is, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wow, we oh, really wow. found a gold, a, a piece of gold here. Well, here's what we know. From the wiki standpoint, we know that this isn't like it hasn't been featured because it doesn't have a little star. It's not locked, so we can edit it. Here's the little edit button. So I can go to the edit Ooh, page. Okay. And so you'll see what it'll oh, yeah. say, right? Anyone can edit. Everything helps. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to just go to start editing. And it says blah, 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 blah. You are not logged in. Your IP address is visible. So it'll know IP address did such and such a thing. Mm -hmm. Probably banned by IP if you do something dumb. And then I can go sense. in and actually edit. Um, and oh, you'll notice right that they have... Yeah. I oh, mean, it's they code, have the too. A lot of code. Yeah. So you learn how to do the coding. Seems of... pretty... It doesn't seem crazy. It doesn't seem like totally... No. You know, like real code. It looks way easier than HTML because it's yeah. basically like HTML light. Yeah. Because you're really just doing text and links, yeah, there's a right? Term, and maybe special characters. There's a term in that world for, like, code that's not really code. It's, like, written word code. But I can't remember what that is. It's, like... Mm -hmm. That's inviting, I will say. It is very inviting to go uh, fuck around with that in the you know appropriate way. Figure out, hit all the things until I oh yeah, there's some featured articles. Let's and they go. get little stars. They get they get there's like icons for Wikipedia, and the icons like mean something. <clears throat> Do you think we could be like twenty bronze star editors where we could like champion all the articles that need to be star kind of articles into them mm -hmm. i mean i would hope so. i mean i i don't know right i mean because this also feels um it seems like the dangers of crowdsourcing anything mm -hmm. is always what the same danger of crowdsourcing anything is which is if no one thinks it's important then it gets ignored yes right so like uh, you know, I've actually even thought about this because uh, do you remember there used to be a lot of like pages on Wikipedia and then they would be like, this person isn't notable enough to have a Wikipedia. Yes, I once tried to write a Wikipedia article about a candidate for local office that I knew personally when I was in college. Uh, he was running for city council. No, uh, some kind of... It was Pinellas... So Pinellas is a county. So Pinellas County Board. I don't know. He's trying to get some kind of seat there. But he was only 19 or 20. And that's why I wanted to write the Wikipedia article. Because it was notable. Because he lost, obviously. But he was running for it at such a young age. And he was, like, in college. And I was writing it as, like, a goof that I was just going to, like, show him. Be like, can you believe you got accepted to Wikipedia? And then he didn't get accepted. Because it wasn't notable enough. But I was, like... They was I linked to news stories about it in the local news, and they still said that wasn't enough. It's like, I don't know. At first, I actually thought I was going to like make fun of him and be like a rude college student, but then I was like, oh, it's actually kind of cool, and I went through the effort, and they were like, fuck you. So 
Well, and that's what's interesting, right? Because, like, there are other type of wiki groups, right? So, like, if you wanted to write that article about that guy, you could probably submit it to Ballotpedia, mm. which is the wiki <clears throat> about American politics, right? Oh, so okay. they they have, for example... I didn't know this existed. <laughs> oh, Ballotpedia is amazing. Because it does, for politics, at the local level, or actually at all levels, what Wikipedia does, right? So oh. in this example, I've gone to the city of Santa Fe, New Mexico. This is blowing my mind. We're small. We are less than 100,000 people. So here you will see they have links for mayor, city council, other elected officials. And just like um, the uh, um, Wikipedia thing, oh, wow. they have volunteers yeah. and they have staff. That's the only difference. They have staff that are actually like, Right, because like the wiki doesn't have staff; it's only Jimmy Wales, right? It's like, <laughs> and he's still asking for money right now. And old, so old it'll Jay Wales. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is really. Oh, see, that's useful. I would like to look at this for from my city too, even just check that out. Okay, well, let's let's take give a look. A shot. Oh, oh, speaking of, I actually have a story on this right now, sitting in front of my um, self. <clears throat> Check this out. Front headline news about this very topic. Our governor recently, um, <laughs> our governor recently fired one of our city council members in Cape Coral forcibly because everyone found out through the local news that they weren't really living in the district. They had made up false information about how they were living there, and at best they were like sleeping in like a friend's bedroom for like two weeks and then use that as their like mailing address to run this whole scam oh, wow. and so they got forcibly removed and now there's 13 people in line to replace them even though before in like the previous election there's like zero interest in even like running for it so it's it's pretty funny um <laughs> it seems like people wanted to step up step up once they knew it existed <laughs> oh local government exists wow. interesting oh it's in the national uh, or state news okay Because, you know, when it, when you initially look at the news that DeSantis is, like, forcibly removing one of your city councilors, you're like, oh, shit, that sounds, like, bad. But then you read, like, oh, they don't even live there. Okay, that's a completely legitimate reason. Let's see. Can I? So, um, it looks like Ballotpedia. Mm -hmm. uh, when you go to Florida, they have... Um, these are the cities that they have covered in Ballotpedia with any real depth. So here they have Hialeah. Is that how you say it? Hialeah. Mm -hmm. Hialeah, Florida. Mm -hmm. And you have Jacksonville, Miami, Orlando, St. Petersburg, Tallahassee, and Tampa. And so as far as cities, those are the only ones that they give that same treatment to. Anything else appears a little too small. Okay. Then they go by counties which it looks like it's related to the county that that city is in. Yes, that would make sense. And, and for example, Jacksonville and Duval County are a complete overlap as well. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the same, same information. Hmm. They're actually, says, um, yeah. speaking of, actually of interest to this as well, something else that's going on in the Lee County government, which I'm contained in, is Lee County is currently trying to convert its entire form of governance um they want to instead of there being a county commission 
in county land. They want to convert the remaining county land to essentially a city where there'll be a mayor. Um, and then uh, all the other cities within the county will be their, what they are now. So just what is left as like county land will just become like this, essentially the city of Lee County or so city like of Lee. Or yeah. But then they'll have, um, you know, all the benefits of being a city, which they need because it's our county is expanding so quickly that they need like all the support that the rest of the area would have if they were a city. So I don't know. But I also Seems find fascinating purposeful. which parts of the like fandom wiki and Wikipedia itself overlap. Because like I feel like before there were fandom wikis, Wikipedia would be like where you would go find all of the details for like the Matrix or whatever. Oh, 100%. and now you have like a whole Matrix wiki. You're a whole Simpsons wiki. You're a whole like yeah, yeah. Disney Princesses wiki. You know. Yeah, fandom um, bought Giant Bomb, which was like the video game wiki, which was like the video game wiki for a long time, and. Um, I think they like sucked all that information into there or something. I don't know like what happened there, but I think they got bought for that database of information, okay. uh, which means some of my writing was in there. That's actually, that's it. That's the wiki that I contributed to the most was the giant bomb wiki. I had so many points on that board, you know, for contributing all this images and articles and like, you know, redoing like the cover photos and stuff for all the things. And yeah, but now it's like a commercial product, I guess it was owned by CBS for a while. Um, and now I guess it got flipped over to some investment company. I don't know. Um, but I was doing that all when I was independent. It was very, very fun. I had a lot, of, a lot of fun doing that. And those words are still out there somewhere. So. Yeah, I know that I've definitely, like, whenever I would read books and I would, like, have, like, a really good, like, I would find a really good quote or something, I would totally put it into the wiki quote. Oh, that's like, really cool. That's a great, like, idea. Because I would like, uh, I mean, I know that I put some in for like William Faulkner. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. What's a favorite William Faulkner quote of yours? Let me see if I put any of them in here. I'll find some. I know I did some. I mean, what are my favorites? Uh, well, m one of my favorites is about the mausoleum of all hope and desire, but that's what time is. Uh, when the shadow of the sh sash appeared in the curtains, it was between seven and eight o'clock, and then I was in time again, hearing the watch. It was grandfather's, and when father gave it to me, he said, I give you the mausoleum of all hope and desire. It's rather excruciatingly apt that you will gain that you will use it to gain the reducto absurdum of all human experience which can fit your individual needs no better than it fitted his or his father's. I give it to you not that you may remember time, but that you might forget it now and then for a moment and not spend all your breath trying to conquer it. Because no bought battle is ever won, he said, they are not even fought. The field only reveals to man his own folly and despair, and victory is an illusion of philosophers and fools. Wow. Um, I really like the image of the pocket watch, because when I, I remember reading that line and imagining Christopher Walken giving it to Bruce Willis in Pulp Fiction. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I would always, whenever I would read it, I would actually hear it. 
in Christopher Walken's voice. Like, I give you the mausoleum <laughs> of all hope and desire. You know? Hold on. Uh, that is I'll, not I'll a good cook. Christopher Walken. No, but AI can do that for us. I'll, I'll, <gasps> oh, I'll, my gosh. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll bring up that whole chunk. I need and just need, hold on. I can do this within the podcast, at least between the next episode. All I need is a five-minute uh, it's a Christopher Walken interview. Or, or no, I need him, Christopher Walken reading an audiobook, which I can get to quicker. Hold on. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Amazon.com. And then I go to... Oh, no, I, just YouTube. Uh, Christopher Walken audiobook YouTube. Uh, oh, my God. Are you serious? Oh, but there's music underneath it, isn't there? Rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Nameless here. There's him uh, reading uh, The Raven, but there's music, so it won't work. Presently. Oh, sorry, that's right, you can't hear what I'm doing here. Although my favorite piece of writing by William Faulkner is his Nobel Prize speech. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, here. It's a speech to other writers. I think there's a recording of it, actually. But it's a really poor one, because he didn't speak into the mic. He was very soft-spoken at the Oh. Hmm. Audio book. Let me see if I can find it, actually. Yeah. I think I might get this. There's music behind this one too. And then there's some kind of birch tree. Okay, while you find Christopher Walken, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to play William Faulkner's Nobel acceptance speech. Like I said, it's a little hard to hear because he talks very softly in the audio recording so we might have to crank the volume but let's see what happens okay ladies and gentlemen i feel that this award was not made to me as a man but to my work the life work in the agony and sweat of the human spirit not for glory but but to make out of the material of the human spirit something which was not there before so that this award is only mine in trust. It will not be hard to find a dedication for the money part of it com commensurate with the purpose and significance of its origin. But I would like to go to the same, do the same with the acclaim too, by making, using this fine moment as a pinnacle from which I might be listened to by the young men and young women already dedicated to the same anguish and travail 
among whom is one who may someday stand where I stood this afternoon. Our tragedy today is a general and universal physical fear so long sustained by now that we can even bear it. There are no longer problems of the spirit. There is only one question, when will I be blown up? Because of this, the young man, young woman writing today has forgotten the problems of the human heart in conflict with itself, which alone can make good writing because only that is worth writing about, worth the agony and the sweat. He must learn them again. He must teach himself that the basis of all things is to be afraid, and teaching himself that forgets forever, leaving no room in his workshop for anything but the old verities and truths of the heart the old universal truths lacking, lacking which in his story is ephemeral and doom, love and honor and pity and pride and compassion and sacrifice. Until he does so, he lives under a curse. He writes not of love but of lust, of defeats in which nobody loses anything of value, of victories without hope and worst of all without pity or compassion. His griefs breathe on no universal bones, leaving no scars. He writes not of the heart, but of the glands. Until he releases, realizes these things, he will write as though he stood among and watched the end of man. I decline to accept the end of man. It is easy enough to say that man is immortal, except because he must still endure that when the last bing-dong of doom has climbed and faded from the last worthless rock, hanging tideless in the last red and dying evening, that even then there was... Until he releases, realizes these things, he will write as though he stood among and watched the end of man. I decline to accept the end of man. It is easy enough to say that man is immortal, except because he must still endure that when the last bing-dong of doom has clanged and faded from the last worthless rock, hanging tideless in the last red and dying evening, that even then there will still be one more sound, that of his puny, inexhaustible voice still talking. He then added another paragraph at the end of his speech. Uh, I refuse to accept this. I believe that man will not merely endure, he will prevail. He is immortal, not because he alone among creatures has an inexhaustible voice, but because he has a soul, a spirit capable of compassion and sacrifice and endurance. The poets, the writer's duty is to write about these things. It is his privilege to help man endure by lifting his heart, by reminding him of the courage and honor and hope and pride and compassion, and pity and sacrifice, which have been the glory of his past. The poet's voice need not merely be the record of man, it can be one of the props, the pillars to help him endure and prevail. Here, here, William Faulkner. He also meant post in there too somewhere. <laughs> he just didn't know about it yet. Yeah, no, it's all true. No, we, we that's that's what posting is, right? Yeah, that's absolutely it's the poster's <laughs> the duty. The poster's voice. <laughs> the poster's duty is what I see. <laughs> it's missing in there, but it's in there. <laughs> oh speaking of william faulkner um and the times when... by the way you can yes. i'm sorry the last thing about that i just want to mention that you can also find william faulkner's quotes not just on the wiki quote 
You can also find him on Genius.com Lyrics <laughs> his, Aggregator. His, his sweet rap lyrics. <laughs> and you can apparently find... Uh, it appears that there are also a bunch of songs by William Faulkner, which is really funny. Yeah, As I Lay Dying, excerpt. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I see, I see. They would be like references and stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Popular albums. Wait a minute. When did William Faulkner's first album release? According January 2020. To... <laughs> William Faulkner's first album, As I Lay Dying, was released on November 11th, 1930. Hold on. What are we, are we missing a chapter in time here? <laughs> Hold on. What's happening? <sighs> it's just reality issues. That's all. <laughs> Do you remember when I put out my album? <laughs> well, I think there's there's one. Uh, I remember seeing when uh, Spotify started getting. Uh... I'm gonna order some food. Hold on, sorry. Yeah, no. When Spotify was starting to get, um... I'll say more popular. Because it was like kind of like this niche thing for a little bit. Not a lot of people were using it. And then it started kind of blowing up. They got like Joe Rogan and shit. The reason I say that is because at some point Spotify verified Johann Sebastian Bach. <laughs> this his, is uh, the official. Did the state get in touch? <laughs> did the London Symphony Orchestra get together? <laughs> I think what's also important to notice is that in this search, Bachman-Turner Overdrive was not a verified artist on Spotify. So this again, this what is notable, right? Who are we deciding or what are we deciding is notable? So Spotify is saying this is the official Johann Sebastian Bach page. But Bachman Turner Overdrive doesn't have one, even though like they're the ones who are alive. We can just literally call them up and go, hey, hey, do you guys want to be on Spotify? <laughs> no, but seriously, like I want to know this, too. Like they must have some like specific protocol, too. So this implies that someone reached out to like the some official representative for like J.S. Bach Esquire or whatever. And like or Kaylee Bach. She is the Gen X heir. Or I'm sorry, the Gen Z heir. Michaela, Michaela Bach. Michaela. Me. I want to correct you. Michaela. That's really what her right. name is. Yeah. That's really what it is. With a C-Q-H-E-A-L-E-Y-E-A. <laughs> it's pronounced Michaela, but man, the spelling, you'd never guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm looking at this article right here about... No, hold on. I'm going to save it for the next episode. But... um. First, what were we going to do? We had a whole plan. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know what we were going to do. We were having really fun talking about moose. Yes, that's right. And then we were going to listen to uh, Paul McCartney's 20-minute moose overtures, which he made seven, a seven-part moose morse. Uh, I believe it is called Moose Morse Calling. Okay. 
there are there is also a part called Morse Moose and the Grey Goose. These are a seven-part song uh, by Paul McCartney. It is. Uh, that man's contributing to <laughs> proliferation of music. But I don't know. It's 20 minutes, so I think we can skip it. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, too. Um, I'm thinking about, like, Thai food, really. Let's see. Mm, are you hungry? Oh, I'm starving. I'm not... Okay, yeah. Order a thing. I'm going to heat up a thing. We'll cut off our podcast here when we come back. Oh, yeah. So I have all kinds of... We'll talk of... about Cannibal the Musical. Yeah, and I have all kinds of fun things. Wow. It's going to be great. You have to come back now, and but there will be some other music here. Goodbye. <laughs>
river as the tides will turn. It can be taken away by Mother Green, and will return to that eternal sea.
Is there a way to right what we have wronged? A way to fit where we never belonged? Nothing is sure and nothing is clean. Nothing will remain but the sea. Black and cold and cruel as man, filled with wrecks of sailors damned.
remembers what we gain, yet we're bound to play it the same. It's never the first nor last ship to sink, and has and will keep going for eternity. Eternal loss and eternal gain balance each other on the finite plane. What we gain is you, and what we lose is me, and the finite plane is the cold black sea.